You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Rated PG-13. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time: The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th, hosted by Kevin Hart. The seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, Quick strategic thinking is crucial, and with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown, and through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. to Colton Nero Chat. It's a Sunday afternoon here in Phoenix, Arizona. I am sitting outside on a patio right now. Gorgeous weather here, Robbie. Uh, what about where you are? What's the weather like where you're at right now? Hey, it's actually starting to drop here in Madrid, and it's uh, yeah, it's really, really cold. It's kind of kind of the kind of cold that you don't expect it to ever be in Madrid or Spain, for that matter. But yeah, it gets it gets really cold here during the winter. <laughs> Nothing, not not like not like. Uh, Nah, like it wouldn't, it wouldn't snow in Madrid, but uh, yeah, in the mountains, it does, and it gets to probably, I'd say it's about two or three degrees right now. Woo. So, yeah, that's Celsius. That's a bit uh, nippy, as it, as you may say. Yeah. But that's right. That, that that is a brilliant segue, Robbie. That's wonderful. <laughs> uh, certainly wasn't chilly. <laughs> certainly was not chilly at the Nuevo Mirandia. On Sunday night, Robbie, where Atletico put four past Cadiz in the second half to win four goals to one. Uh, not really much to speak of uh, in the first half. Atletico again failing to register a shot on target. But in the second half, Robbie, things really heated up. Five goals in that second half, that second 45 minutes. Atletico notching four of them. Uh, overall, general thoughts on the performance before we get a bit more detailed here? Yeah, I think... I think um what we saw in the first half was a very nervous display and we saw once Atletico did get the breakthrough 
we saw Simeone's response. He he just he looked more relieved than happy. But um, mm-hmm. yeah, I, I think I think it's it, it, it's such a hard thing to discuss and a hard, it's a hard thing to talk about because it's so hard to quantify. But I just wonder how that those nerves have been affecting Atletico. Like I mean, on, until they got that one goal, it felt like they were just like kind of every missed pass or missed opportunity they're just kind of shoulders slumped down a little bit more and uh, and, and it was just like oh they, you, you could almost sense that they felt that oh no not again and, yeah um, yeah I just wonder well, I just wonder like uh, what, what effect that has on the team on the performance on the and, and, and what we'll see now that, that they kind of did uh, open the floodgates and, and, and got four which is a uh, they hadn't scored four all season, so um, yeah, it's um, a necessary win and one that might actually relieve a lot of that pressure that that they had been previously feeling. But yeah, there are, there are still concerns though. Uh, that the first half into the second half, Atletico didn't get the opener until the 56th minute from Tomalema, who we will discuss in some detail momentarily. Um, I just I, I think there's an issue with confidence right now. It's it's a mental problem because Jimenez's distribution before he left the game with a possible concussion uh Jimenez's distribution was really spotty uh he was I think it's a matter of nerves uh Jimenez and Savage wasn't sure about his position Oblak was a bit tentative and coming out for certain crosses trying to snag him and then he uh, gets credited for the own goal at the very end of the game uh so defensively Atletico still look a, a bit spotty and a little unstructured, a little bit nervous, but yeah, and when when the attack is humming like this, it really should make it easier and give the team confidence. Uh, Jimenez, uh, the, the latest on him is that he left uh, the game due to annoyances, molestias, but it was an elbow to the head and a probable concussion, Robbie, that knocked him out. Uh, how's how's that going to look for this defense going forward? Already a bit thin back there in central defense. Yeah, it's it's funny because. Well, no, not funny. It's not funny at all. But uh, <laughs> it, it, it's inter- it, it's interesting that Yo Yo Felix was given a yellow card for something similar, and on this occasion, the the Cadiz attacker came in and and, and clearly caught um, Jimenez. There was a free awarded for it. The referee kind of did the signal that he used his hand, and there was no yellow card. And it's just like, and I I don't know what was wrong with Jimenez. I I actually kind of find it weird, a bit strange because I, I don't think I don't think he was concussed though because he, he like he wasn't um, he was treated more for just a kind of a, like maybe a little bit swollen and he was struggling maybe to kind of deal with that but yeah he had a, a big a big old ice pack on the side of his head and he did look a little groggy it is a little it is a little speculative I suppose but yeah he, he did he looked a little worse for wear after that collision yeah, it's a strange one, but um, no, he looked a bit dodgy. That first one, that like I think it was from uh, the first thirty seconds, where uh, oh yeah, I think it was was it Salvi Sanchez got Salvi, behind him, yep. and, yeah, and, and uh, he yeah, and, and that comes after his owning up to making a mistake against Milan, and yeah, I just wonder where his head's at as well. But but back, back to the point about Atletico giving up chances and stuff. I think that's. I think, given the fact that Atletico are trying to play a little bit more expansive, and they're playing with Koke as the deepest midfielder, and they are trying to kind of be a more more uh, possession-focused team, 
those chances are going to happen. The problem is, um, the, the, the quality on display, they should be scoring two and three and four goals every game. Exactly. I know that's unrealistic, but uh, more often than not, this team should be scoring uh, more than one goal. So giving up those chances occasionally isn't a massive deal. It's not like, um, I mean, provided it's not, obviously, uh, against Levante, for example, there was clear issues with communication, with breakdown in, in, in how what was meant to be happening. It was uh, Atletico uh, weren't in control of the game, and that's worrying. Yeah, that's fine. But the odd occasion that Caddy's created, I mean, I wouldn't really worry too much about that. That's just football. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and 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 those chances are going to be, teams are going to get those chances. I think it's unrealistic to expect them not to. Uh, so I wouldn't really worry too much about that. And I yeah I would I'd worry about Atletico finding the breakthrough. And I understand that that's the, the first goal is the all important one that changes the game. That conditions how the rest of the game goes. But I think that. Um, Atletico are, yeah, they have to be, and I know this sounds, it sounds so simplistic, but once they find the breakthrough, they're fine. It's just they have to be a little bit more aggressive in looking for that breakthrough, I think. And, um, and yeah, obviously we can talk about why they can't find it and how they go about trying to find it in, in more productive ways. But, um, but I, yeah, I think that was this this display, and even before the goals, I was thinking like, well, what was it? What were we going to talk about when I came out to the podcast and stuff like that? And I was thinking, this Atletico Madrid looks absolutely fine here. In terms of the way that they're structured, they've got width, they've got speed, mm-hmm. they've got uh, strength and and dynamism in the middle. They've got movement in 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 Griezmann dropping down a level to pick up the ball and, and progress play. They've got Lamar breaking tackles uh, or not breaking tackles, uh, uh, beating players and kind of uh, shifting defenders. And the only problem is the final pass into the box, the movement in the box, um, creating creating properly good chances and uh, I mean I guess that's a million dollar question or a million dollar uh, problem solution for Simeone but uh, I think that everything else looks fine for me at the, mm. or look fine for me even before the goals but uh, yeah it's just uh, that final pass is, is what's letting them down. A, a wise man tweeted during this game that if Atletico could start every game 1-0 up they'd be fine. Does that tweet sound familiar to you? <laughs> It does, but it wasn't a wise man that said. But yeah, I think that that's a good point. Is that Atletico were pretty kind of nervous. It was really a cagey start. Cadiz had a chance inside the first twenty seconds that Llorente had to scramble off the line because Salvi had done in Jimenez on the right hand side. Uh, Salvi Sanchez was fabulous in this game for Cadiz. All their yeah, danger yeah. came from his side. He just laid Hermoso and Carrasco to waste multiple times. Um, but the, the key number for Atletico's defense today was zero. They didn't concede any shots on target. Oblak did not have a save to make. Uh, Cadiz threatened in that first half uh, when the possession was a bit more even. But Atletico grew into the game around the 30-40 minute mark. Uh, started to get more players closer to the box. Up the intensity and the rhythm after halftime. And then uh, they got the opening goal, Robbie, through Tomale Ma, who is very much back and very much uh, playing well. And the cross coming in from Carrasco... 
uh, finds Lehmann's head. And I think that's the first header I've ever seen him score, and it was well taken. Yeah, yeah, lovely, beautiful cushion um, header. It was um, it was kind of one of those weird ones because it, it was such a good cross and such a good um, header that you're like that. He, he, he has to be outside. They had to. Have, they had to. That's kind of what I thought at first. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's like no way was he that free without getting an advantage somehow. But no, it was just an absolutely perfect ball from Carrasco. Beautiful header from from. Uh, from Lamar and then uh, yeah, some say dodgy defender from Espino who lost Lamar, but um, but yeah, like uh, and, and and that move, and then there was another couple. Even even before the goal, there was a couple of really nice moves involving Lamar, Carrasco, Griezmann, and and they uh, and they are capable of that. And I was just thinking about that too before before we come on. I was just like, they do have that in the locker, like those lovely moves. But then I was also thinking like that's kind of. That's like the least you'd expect it in some ways, but from a professional football team, like those kind of combinations. But when they when they can pull them off, they've got the they've got the kind of uh, direct passing, the speed, the ability to 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 beat men, uh, and, and and they can slice right through you like this Atletico. They, like make no mistake about that. They they can do it. It's just a matter of kind of finding the. Processes or finding the structures wherein they're doing it a lot of times in a game, rather than kind of maybe doing it once or twice and not really knowing how it happened and not really knowing how to go back. And how to replicate when, it, right? Exactly. Yeah. Like because at the end of the day, it's all about those processes rather than like and 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 which with Koke and, and Rodrigo de Paul, um, and I, I guess that's playing caddies kind of helps with that given the fact that they sit back and don't really press you too high um, Rodrigo de Paul and Koke had the chance to kind of pick, pick passes between the lines but it's also then up to Lamar and Griezmann to, to, to control it to, to find that little bit of pocket of space and they did it today and then with, with Carrasco and Llorente arriving down the, the, the wings end they can be really really troublesome for any team and, and they can do it but again, it's just a matter of, of, of uh, finding ways because in every game it's different. It's the, the principles might be the same, but within every game you have to figure it out all over again. How where are the where is the space here? And uh, but I think Atletico can do it. It's just again that final pass into the box and um, like Atletico look like uh, look fine in many ways, but. I think that their their shots on target are really, really. I was just looking at them during the game. Like Atletico's shots on target are like, I think they're like eleventh or twelfth in La Liga, which isn't good, and 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 um, or, or isn't good enough to be a team competing for for honors. So uh, yeah, I think in in many of the kind of key the metrics, they're fine. But that that final pass that. Uh, Dash, and I'll have to kind of look into it more and, and maybe watch that caddies game back and see mm-hmm. where, where it was going wrong for the first hour. But yeah, that final pass is letting them down. Yeah, that was exactly what let them down in the first half. Uh, there was some miscommunication with uh, DePaul and uh, trying to track down those long balls. He would ping forward around the penalty area. Noticed that on a couple of occasions. 
uh, just some wires crossed. But in the second half, Robbie, the chance creation improved vastly. Uh, you mentioned DePaul and Koke as well, and I thought this was as good as Koke's looked all season. Uh, taking more touches in advantageous positions, 137 touches and 123 passes for Koke on uh, on Sunday at the New Evo Mirandia. Both, I believe, are season highs. Uh, I, I don't know if DePaul and Koke is, is the combination uh, to really unlock the potential in Atletico's midfield, but it worked in this game. Uh, that was about as good as Koke has looked all season. And, yeah, just if he's able to take touches... Um, like on in the opposing half of the pitch and around the final third, uh, then rather than in his own half, I think it it really it feeds into how Atletico want to play and how Atletico can best play when Koke is is taking touches in more advantageous positions. DePaul played great as well, and another key to why a, Atletico ran back the same eleven. Uh, that they put out there for the Milan game, but the performance was improved in part because DePaul wasn't playing on the right-hand side anymore. He was playing in the middle again. Yeah, yeah, and I think I think Llorente looked a little bit sharper. I think obviously yeah. Lamar was, was incredible again. And, um, and yeah, Caddy's just kind of sit off DePaul and, and, and Koke so that they, they can't... Oh, so that, sorry, Caddy sit off them uh, as opposed to what Milan did where they kind of push up on you and um, so Koke and Rodrigo could dictate the game from there which makes a massive difference and you, uh, but having said that Atletico's two most convincing performances this season have come against Barcelona and Real Betis two teams who do like the ball and Cadiz are the exact opposite of that so and, and Cadiz are the exact kind of team that Atletico would have had an issue with playing in the past and and, and I know we can't really read too much into it because Caddies aren't really in the best moment right now either. But um, but in, in terms of finding a way to break down um, the, the opposition who are sitting deep, I think today was proof that they could do it. And and and, and again, you, you, like it's not like a it's not like a, 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 a Barcelona philosophy where we just always play with the ball. We we we. We, this is how we see the game. This is how we interpret the game. We 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 want the ball, even if we're three or four nil up. We still play like this because it's non-negotiable. Atletico just need that one goal, and they can absolutely. They they still have that kind of muscle memory uh, as to uh, counter-attacking, and they can they can be absolutely ruthless, which we saw against Betis. We saw again there tonight. They have players that can like Carrasco. Uh, Lamar Griezmann, who can play on uh, like and Cunha and Correa, who can play on the counter, absolutely no problem, and can really, really hurt you. But yeah, just that first goal and 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 finding that and 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 um, and yeah, just kind of allowing the, the the nerves to kind of disappear once that first goal comes is just so important. And in many ways, it's going to make or break Atletico season. Uh, whether or not they can figure out the ways to break down teams and, and get that first goal, mm-hmm. because you wouldn't, you would, because you'd have no fear of letting go with a one 0 lead against anyone, really. They looked a lot looser and a lot more relaxed after that first goal went in. Uh, Lema then has another chance uh, on on a one v one with Ledesma, Robbie, that he turns onto his right foot. Ledesma makes the save. Uh, that was a huge chance, and I thought they're going to live to regret that, aren't they? But no, they they continued to attack. They continued to push forward. Uh, just so much space was opening up between Cadiz's 
um, midfield lines and defensive lines. Uh, just so much space was there. Uh, whenever Atletico lost the ball, they would quickly get it back and looked even more dangerous on the counter. Uh, you mentioned Llorente, who set up the second goal, his first assist of the year. Griezmann lashing it home with the right foot to make it 2-0. Uh, and then the third one comes from two other guys we, we briefly mentioned. Mateus Cunha setting up Angel Correa. Correa's first goal, Robbie, in three months. Well, he started, yeah, he was absolutely on fire there for a while. Yeah, he hadn't scored since the the end of August. Wow. But yeah, great moment for him. Uh, And that, the third goal was just, that was a beauty. That was, that's how this Atletico team can play. Um, With the the one-touch passing, the great combination play outside the area, and then Cunha making that final pass that Atletico were missing in the first half for Correa to then just basically touch it home, just pass it into the goal to make it 3-0. Uh, Cadiz then got one back. Uh, oh, what, what happened here on the? Uh, it, it's been called an Oblak own goal from this Lozano cross. Robbie, what did you see on on this play toward the end of the game? Yeah, just a really, really weird, awkward, looping ball. And I mean, I, I know people are kind of blaming Oblak and that, but I don't know. Is, is, is that just like a, a weird freak goal or? Obviously, he could have done better. He'd want to have done better. But it's just one of those ones that's really strange. Like, that, uh, uh, yeah, I don't know. I mean, it was, it was, it went really, really high, dropped back down. And, and yeah, Oblak probably could have positioned himself a little bit better than, and, and got right underneath it and, and put his hands between the post and, 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 and um, put, put, the ball, put his hands between the post. Um, or sorry, put his hands closer to the pole so that the ball couldn't slip through. Obviously, but yeah, I, I, to be honest with you, like I've been, I, I, I don't think that Black can is in his best moment either. Yeah. But I'm also kind of reluctant to to, to, to blame him for that one because it was just an absolute freak. Uh, maybe I'd be singing a different song if, if there were if, if it was nil all at the time that it happened. But I just think it was a weird one where Vendigo or maybe just delighted to be to be leading by three and, and it looked like they were cruising possibly took his eye off the ball a little bit literally but um no i mean i don't think that uh, I, I, I yeah i just find it hard to kind of blame him for that one yeah it was very strange it's a really high looping cross and it might have been going in anyway because lozano had inadvertently or otherwise angled it to where it might always have been tucking in off the post, but yeah, Old Black was just kind of looking for this. He may have, in baseball, like outfielders like can lose the ball in the lights. This is kind of what happened to Old Black here. He just kind of yeah. may have lost it in the lights. Um, I don't know if you got a, I don't know if you got a chance to read uh, Dermot Corgan and Mark Carey's article in the Athletic about Atletico's defense. No, no, I, I saw it actually. Yeah, but but they like they had the yeah. they had the stats on Old Black where he's let in three goals more than expected this season based on the expected shot quality and the shot on target quality. So uh, is when you, we're, we're back in Oblak to return to form, right? He has such a track record with Atletico in terms of saving their behinds on so many occasions. Is This is just a, a temporarily bad run of form for him, right? Um, yeah, I, I actually wrote about that exact same thing. <laughs> you did, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah, yeah. And, and like, um, 
Or maybe, yeah, I don't know, like, really, to be honest with you. I think, I, think, I, I guess, it, it, part of it is just, like, um, him being out in this world, and, and part of it is kind of just regressing a little bit. But, um, I mean, Atletico, I think it's just kind of a, 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 a I suppose, multifactorial fact that Atletico are that little bit more open at the back. They are struggling now, at times, defensively. Like, um, he's not as secure. Sorry, he's not as sure of his um, of his central defence pairing, uh, and and he's probably suffering a little bit from from like the change as well. So there's that, and then there's um, there's uh, yeah, just a little bit maybe aggressing back to some to, to a little bit more of a normal performance because I mean, from what 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 we had seen from him in the past was just probably not normal. Like so, um, although he did keep it going for a long time, but uh, I, I, yeah, I probably have to have a look at the numbers more closely to see if it was sustainable or not. But yeah, I think I think yeah, I, I don't think that if Atletico don't win anything this year, it's going to be John Oblak's fault. And a down season, one down season out of six, and, and and just to be clear, a down season for him still isn't still is really really good. But uh, yeah, I think that uh, one down season in his in his whole time at Atletico is probably to be expected. And uh, yeah, I, I wouldn't really put too much weight into it yet until uh, we see we see um, a more longer term market decline, maybe. Mm. And yeah, given his again, given his track record and his resume, uh, I think the smart money is on him turning it around. Uh, and, and at any rate, that was really the only quote-unquote big chance uh, Kadev had in this game. And immediately after Robbie, Mateus Cunha scores his second league goal of the season. Uh, did you know Atletico have scored 10 times in the 169 minutes Cunha's been on the pitch in La Liga this season? He's had two big chances and has scored them both. Two goals from three shots on target, according to the Atletico Stats Twitter account. Ooh, he's good. Maybe he's just a really good player. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, I, I am. Cunha is becoming a guy that, like, like Kevin Gamero in years past. I'm, I'm starting to feel like I'm protecting him. I'm a Cunha fanboy right now. No, to be honest with you, I think he's actually uh, he answers a lot of it, and and that's what I was kind of hinting at when I was talking earlier about yeah. um, that final pass. I mean, he might not be as as clinical as Luis Suarez, but. I think he, he he moves around a little bit more. Uh, he, he and it, it's so hard to tell because he only plays not garbage minutes, but he plays in weird situations. He's kind of like a situational player. So instead of just giving him ninety minutes, and I think that I think to be honest with you, I think he deserves ninety minutes uh, against Mallorca on on um, next weekend. I think that he he's earned that now at this stage. Yeah. Suarez is kind of. I mean, uh, we've we've seen um, players kind of just fall by the wayside when they don't break into Simeone's plans immediately, and I think the Suarez has proven that he 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 isn't in his best form, and he needs to uh, f- figure figure a few things out. But I think Cunha has definitely deserved a, a start at least in, in an hour. Like, oh yeah, no no question to me. I I said that I think a month ago, right? Two, three, four weeks ago. Cunha's been playing well with every opportunity, pretty much every opportunity he's had off the bench. 15 minutes here, 20 minutes there. 
he's really lively, energetic. He uh, is full of activity, pops up all around the final third. Um, he was working primarily on the right-hand side in this game. Um, and this this goal is he just rips this into the top of the net. No chance for Ledesma. The great through ball from Griezmann to take out the defensive line just rips into the top of the net. Talk about a response. Uh, and that put the capper on a good second half for Atletico to make it 4-1 and, and wrap things up there. Three huge points uh, for Atleti given events elsewhere this weekend. Real Sociedad losing to Espanyol. Um, earlier on Sunday, Madrid and Sevilla are playing pretty much as we speak. So by the time this comes out, uh, you all will know the result and what happened there. But Atletico needed this in more ways than one. The Milan loss was just so deflating and they looked so limp and insipid. This game and the second half particularly much more improved. I thought Griezmann also had a very good game. Um, he was able to find space and have that connection with Lema and Llorente that's been missing so far. That helps everything kind of come together around the 18-yard box. Mm. I, I think that when I think that Antoine Griezmann is a player who would definitely be helped by a more mobile striker. Uh, we saw today uh, mm. what his goal for one was. Uh, that kind of came from uh, from post run. Was Suarez still on at that stage? Yeah, it was. Yeah, I think it was Suarez, wasn't it? That, that, that kind of ran uh, a decoy run. So. Um, and then, and then he got another chance just after that. That 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 um, was very similar. So if he had like, he, if he had a more mobile striker moving defenders out of the way, Griezmann could make hay. Like Griezmann, we could get Griezmann back at his very best, and he has been really good so far. But uh, but it, it, I think there's times when he looks a little bit frustrated with the lack of space, the lack of clear chances that appear for him. But uh, mm. yeah, like I mean, he's still a, he's still an excellent finisher. So if he had a, if he had a more mobile attacker moving pieces around the, 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 the chessboard there, I think that he'd be able to be far more effective and that would have obviously knock-on effects then further down the pitch and avoid and yeah, I think that would, it, would, uh, it would make it life a lot easier on Atletico Madrid. Yeah, Suarez played, what, 75 minutes in this game and I didn't really notice him that much. Uh, he had that one chance in the first half where he just skied it over the bar from a close, uh, from a close angle, close range opportunity one-on-one -on -one with Ledesma and then just just hooked it over the bar, uh, put too much power on it. Didn't really notice him aside from that. Uh, it's just He's just too static on, on in some games where Atletico want to play faster, want to play on the counterattack. Um, that, that doesn't really suit Suarez, and he's not effective enough in the build-up play right now to where it, it helps Atletico's fluidity. It kind of harms it in a, in a way. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, I agree with that. And I mean, he, he's still amazing and clinical and, and in that way. But uh, I think it's I I, 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 I I only think it's going to get worse as the season goes on. To be honest with you, mm. it's going to become more of an issue. Um. Yeah, and I, and I I just wonder what you do because I don't think he's ready yet to admit defeat in this and and kind of he's a player who's kind of built a career of, of proving people wrong, of this kind of chip on his shoulder. And I think that he's never, that's just who he is. Once that competitive spirit dies in him, he retires. <laughs> or he has, to, he has to move to a, a league where it's just kind of a one last paycheck. Um, but um, I, I, I think that he still considers himself an elite striker. 
and I just don't think that his body agrees and I don't think that he I don't think that he is what Atletico need right now despite the fact that his name still carries a lot of weight um, yeah and I think that Simeone's loyalty to him or I don't think it's I don't, I don't think it's fear of Suarez but I think there probably is part of it kind of like trying to keep him happy because Luis Suarez when he's on your side he is he would he would just do anything for you but if you get an unhappy Luis Suarez it's kind of going against you I think that uh, I think that he could be he, he might be the most uh, pleasant guy to be around hmm yeah, that'll be a consideration as we now basically hit December. Uh, that Suarez is uh, what his what, what his physical condition is going to look like. Um, sorry, what was that? No, I was saying you're, you're sitting outside on a terrace in Arizona, and Sevilla just took the lead against Real Madrid. Ah, made header there from a the corner. There we go. <laughs> Oh, yeah, I, your DVR on. Yes, I, I, I will be going back and watching that as soon as I head back inside here. Uh, but before we sign off, uh, Robbie, a quick preview of Atletico's next game against Mallorca. Mallorca have a cup game midweek. Uh, none of these Supercopa participants were drawn into the uh, Copa del Rey's first round. So Mallorca have a game against Gimnastica Segoviana this week on Wednesday before traveling to Madrid to play Atletico on a Saturday. Mallorca have had kind of an up and down year. I think they're winless in seven. Um, they did not they win. Struggled against Rayo, yeah. yeah. Um, they had a goalless draw against Hetafe on Saturday, which given where Hetafe have, have been this year, not a great result, especially at, at home. Uh, Atletico have a chance to get a third straight win in La Liga. They had not won back-to-back games since August before today. Uh, they're They've got a great opportunity here, uh, depending on how this Madrid-Sevilla game turns out. They've got a great opportunity here to solidify a top-four position and head back to the top of the table. Um, how have you seen Mallorca this season? Yeah, I actually watched them pretty closely against Rayo. And, and Rayo, uh, once Rayo took the lead, um, Mallorca, and, and this is this is exactly the game that Atletico would want to play. Is getting taken early lead, and then Mallorca has to go at you, and then it's game over. I mean, it, it, it put, again, it'll come down to whether or not Atletico can can uh, believe in themselves enough to go and get that first goal and, and kind of um, and 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 find a way to, to, to score early and, and they put the spade and so that they can start to think a little bit more about oh, nearly a second. Um, and yeah, I think I think they can start to kind of think about that Champions League. Oh, sorry, man. Courtois is another save, and this is Real Madrid again. So oh, just chaos at the Bernabeu, Robbie. <laughs> just chaos. And you're sitting out in a balmy Arizona terrace, and, and uh, <laughs> you're, you're, yeah, you're in Phoenix. Yeah, you're sitting out just kind of watching the world go by, and there's absolute chaos going on here at the Bernabeu. <laughs> Wow. <laughs> so much going on on this edition of Colt Gennaro Chat. Um, but with Mallorca, I mean, Mallorca have a few really dangerous players. Uh, Lee Kangin, Fer Nino, Take Kubo, um, Idris Ubaba is a good midfielder. Their defense has been pretty weak, although I've always liked Pablo Maffeo as a player. He's been pretty good for them this year. 
Their goalkeeping and, and defense have both been relatively weak, but they've got some very talented young players with a lot of potential going forward in attacking positions. So could be could be a tricky one. Mallorca are uh, they aren't lacking talent going forward, but yeah, I mean, I'm not gonna hazard a prediction. Not even gonna venture that far forward. I'm gonna keep it relatively tight-lipped because the game is still a week away, but Atletico will be favored here at home against Mallorca. They will be favored. Yeah, and, and I think I think it, I, uh, like, I think it could take on a very similar look to what we saw tonight. Uh, yes. Atletico get a, goal, get, get a goal and they could score three or four. Um, and yeah, it depends on who Simeone picks. Maybe he'll have the Champions League in mind and, and play Cunha and kind of sell it to Suarez in that way that he that he's kind of minding for that, but uh, and we might see a uh, way more mobile um, Atletico, and this might just be the corner that we've been talking about waiting for Atletico to turn all season <laughs> with a couple of decent wins and, a, and, a, and then a big Champions League night. Well, let's let's not jinx it. We, we've had we've been led to a, a couple false dawns so far this season. Absolutely. Because Atleti have been so up and down. Joao Felix also expected to return uh, for Atletico next week. He was training fully this week, but left out of the squad at the last minute uh, as Cholo choosing to play it safe with his calf injury. Uh, that'll do it for us on this edition of Colt Chinero Chat. My laptop is about to die, so this is great timing. Uh, Robbie, thank you so much for joining me on this edition of the show. Absolutely no problem, Jeremy. I'll chat to you soon. Yes, we'll chat next week. I'm going to head back inside and watch Madrid and Sevilla. Thank you all for listening. Thank you for your continued support. Keep it on Into the Calderon on social media and on our Patreon page, patreon.com slash Chat. We'll chat with you all again soon. Adios.